Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast, and I'm your host, Regina Pontus. Today, I get to talk to a woman by the name of Maria Vargo. She's actually the president of G.K. Chesterton Entertainment. I absolutely love their mission statement, so I'm going to do something I never do, but I want to read it to you verbatim. It says, G.K. Chesterton Entertainment's mission is to create entertainment that challenges our culture to boldly live out their faith. Preference is given to telling the stories of historical figures who have gone against the grain of a society as well as ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Our purpose is to embold and enrich and enable the human spirit while examining issues of faith and culture that aid in the spiritual quest for life's meaning. Without any further ado, my conversation with Maria Vargo. Hi, Maria Vargo. It's a wonderful to talk to you today. I was so inspired by the information and the projects that G.K. Chesterton Entertainment is doing, and I loved your last days. So I wanted to talk to you about your testimony, how you got to L.A., what your visions are for the company moving forward, and we'll just go from there. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, Regina, so much for uh, for having me on your show today. I, as you mentioned, so my name is Maria Vargo. I'm originally born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and in my early 20s, I moved from there to L.A., uh, in 2001, and then when 9-11 hit, I decided to get out of there, and I headed west uh, to <laughs> Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and when I, I pursued, you know, theater was always my love, uh, singing and acting on the stage, that's why I wanted to be on Broadway and go to New York, oh. coming out west to 
to LA change things a little bit. Uh, Did you do that right not after so much school? Theater. Sorry, I I, well, I mean, no, it's okay. To New York, right I moved out when uh, my early twenties. So I had, okay. um, you know, went to high, obviously graduated high school, and then I went to university. But I actually never finished a four-year degree. I ended up getting an associate's degree from a local community college, and I took some acting classes uh, from a conservatory near in St. Louis. And it was different teachers that I had in those classes that just really encouraged me mm. to say, you know, you you have a talent that could make it if you wanted to to go beyond, you know, St. Louis. And so that's, that's when I got, yeah, I got excited to do that. And I did some community theater and was singing and I just had some good friends who encouraged me. So let and me take I a really, step back. Let me take a step yeah, back. Yeah, sure. Who's Maria as a little girl? Tell me about your upbringing. <laughs> How long do you have, Regina? I've got about 20 <laughs> minutes. No <I'm> kidding. <laughs> Who was Maria as a little girl? She was, uh, well, my mom always said that at my christening party, my baptism party that I just sat in my seat wide-eyed and looked at you know took everybody in and looked at everybody and was just calm and looking looking around taking it all in Mm -hmm. um little wiser than my age you know as a as a young girl I was I think I had a lot of curiosity I wanted to be a part of everything I was pretty outgoing and athletic and wanted, <laughs> always wanted to play with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so ended up getting a lot of skin knees, but I think all of that also made me kind of prepared for life in general, as far as, you know, cause life can knock you down mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Did you know, part you of my, play a big part of that as you're growing up. Um, my family was religious. We did, I did go to, um, a religious schooling, you know, mm-hmm. um, grade school and high school, but, and, you know, being named Maria, I was, my mom's, my mom <laughs> said that, uh, you know, she had had a lot of miscarriages and she was pregnant with me. She had worked hard to get pregnant with me and she just prayed for the Lord and the blessed mother to hold me up and keep oh, me. Beautiful. And yeah. And I was, so they say I'm their gift because mm-hmm. I, they, we don't, my mom, uh, my parents only have two children. I'm the youngest. And so I always knew that from a small age. And like I said, we went to mass, but for me, you know, I had a deeper conversion in my life, actually, when I was out in LA and in my thirties, I, I always went to mass and went to church and sang growing up in school, but really understanding, you know, God was calling me to a deeper purpose and my life didn't happen until I was older and ha- and had gone in a lot of different directions. And as you asked me about my childhood a little bit, I just had a very strong will and mm-hmm. wanted to do things my way. Mm-hmm. And my way is not always God's way. And and I think that's something I still, even as, a, as now somebody who's practices and, and is faithful, it's still something that I have to deal with is of complete surrender mm-hmm. to our Lord mm-hmm. every day, you know, in every aspect of my life. And it's a constant, constant battle because, you know, I mean, maybe we're all that way. You know, we want it our way. We want, we want to be selfish. The essence of who we are, but sometimes we have to hold back our demonstrative nature to understand our salvific nature in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I understand. I so, hear you. I was with you. I'm tomboying all the way with you. <laughs> yeah. 
so it's it's been a long a long road but a beautiful road and and the lord you know i always say he never gave up on me and he he kept tapping me on the shoulder and asking me to turn around and and face him and i i say no i'm not yet i'm not ready yet <laughs> not ready yet mm-hmm. um until finally i was i was ready you know to want to truly try to live according to his plan for me and for me that meant a big part of uh was renewing my abstinence and my sexual you know understanding my my sexual worth and identity so that that was yeah it was big for me mm-hmm. and i renewed my abstinence in 2008 so it's a long time ago now and i'm still unmarried and <laughs> i still have that that desire to be married so but again it's just something i have to turn over to the lord and put in his hands it it's been freeing though to give my life to god and to understand you know to learn about theology of the body and, and to share my story with mm-hmm. people yeah. The so. internal essence of you starts to emanate through, I think, when you just focus entirely on who you are and how you best you can represent and be for Christ what he needs in the world at the moment. I think I sent you a uh, CD and one of the songs on there is uh, St. Teresa's Prayer. And it says, Christ has no body now but yours. It's by John Michael mm-hmm. Talbot. And it's just I a like beautiful essence. Sometimes we get lost in that. And I think if you found that CD, you would absolutely cherish that song because mm. it's the essence of who we really do need to be. Not saying that you have to be married or you have to be this way. It's just finding the essence of the good and where you are at the moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And being the best you can be is a representation for God. Yeah. So I hope you'll enjoy that. That would be great. Yeah. Um, so t- was yeah. there any specific instance like did you go visit a place or did you just start hanging around with people or were you just more exposed to the faith uh, that got you onto this particular journey because it sounds to me like you were doing some things with the what was it the gk chesterton theater at the time and then that motivated you to get started well that actually no that came after my um deeper conversion so i I was doing, I mean, as I said, I never lost my faith. I was always, you know, going to church and, but, you know, wasn't always going to confession and um, kind of living, straddling, you know, mm. like they say, cafeteria type Catholic in a, in a way. And then, you know, it was just through a series of kind of heartaches and heartbreaks, and hard times where my mom, my mom kept saying, you know, you, you can, you can renew your abs. You know, she'd say you can renew your virginity. You don't you don't have to live like that? And I'd say, yeah, yeah, mom. You know, <laughs> one more try, mom. One more try. Out, out here in LA, like who's gonna who's gonna want to date me? Who's gonna love me? And then I heard an actor give his testimony. Edward of Rockstick, he gave his testimony at this big rosary rally, and um, I was already kind of like you know my heart was being turned. I was being introduced to to people. I was going to to church more regularly. I was getting involved in um, family theater productions out here in LA. I was so the Lord was working on my heart. I just right. um, you know needed that moment. And I heard Eduardo give his testimony, and I thought that's what I want to do. You know, I want to mm-hmm. I want to use my gifts and talents for the Lord. And, you know, and I can commit myself completely to him. And so that's what I did. And I had a trip scheduled, uh, or I had a short film 
that was in the Cannes Film Festival. And so I went there and then I went to Lourdes and I went to Lourdes and I used that as a, like a renewal of my baptismal vows. And, mm. and that's kind of where I laid it down and I said, okay, I'm renewing my absence. But before that, I had, I did have some experiences even before I heard Eduardo speak where I, I had gone to Portugal, to Fatima. I oh, was, you know, wow. I was going, well, but I wasn't, it wasn't originally, the trip was not a religious trip to begin with. And this was 2005. I was going because I had been brokenhearted by this guy and I wanted to go, you know, see him again. And my mom, he was Portuguese. And my mom was like, well, why don't you go to Fatima? <laughs> and my mom is always the wise one, you know. <laughs> well, you did. Well, you take a detour, go visit yeah, the, um, the Blessed Mother. Exactly. Yeah. So she says, go to, why don't you go to Fatima and let our lady heal your heart? I like and your mother. So I, um, I did that. And that was, I had a great confession there. And that was definitely, you know, people always say, oh, when was, you know, what was that conversional moment for you? And for me, it was a series of moments that happened. And, and definitely Fatima was, you know, the beginning, I feel like, of that. And when was that? So, what year? 2005. Okay. Yeah. How long had you been in L.A. at the time? Um, about three years okay. I've been in L.A. at that You know, time. when I was in Los Angeles, I was in the 90s, so I was a bit earlier than you, I'm a bit older than you. And there was a group, I used to work at the entertainment television, there was a group of people, because I used to canter at St. Paul's in Westwood, and Martin Sheen belonged to this group of other people who were in the entertainment industry, and they were Catholic, but they really didn't really want to come out <laughs> as Catholic, I don't know exactly what it was but it was almost like having underground meetings at the church there in Westwood and I remember thinking oh my god this is such a sad commentary on where we are now because like I said when I worked at A, people would be coming up and asking me questions like on the slide you know what I mean because they knew that I was doing liturgical recordings and cantering in Westwood and Beverly Hills at Good Shepherd so they were like they were like you're not high enough to be in that group to be in part of the underground church or whatever it's called. But I found when I heard about G.K. Chesterton, I was like, they're doing the same kind of thing. And that made me also <laughs> think of Bud, Father Bud Kaiser, what he was doing. I don't know mm. if you ever saw when you were growing up, there was a show, probably your mother's time, but actually, it was called Insight. And there's a lot of, uh, they just did a movie on him because he was known as the Hollywood priest. And mm -hmm. he would have a lot of actors and actresses come on and do all these shows that had a book. I'm not a, always a moral thing, but along those lines, you know what I mean? They're all these serious actors and actresses. You think they wouldn't give the this priest the time of day, but they did. And he actually started a Paulist Productions to do just that. Mm. That's why he was known. He did the Romero movie. Again, might, might be too outdated for you right now, but. No, that's I saw movie. that actually. Oh, you did? Well, that's his movie. movie. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's good. That's why I said, oh, GK Justice. And wow, you, your whole organization sounds just like that whole thing. And I said, oh my God, she, this is so exciting that they're doing this right now. So, what's the kind of interest that's been <laughs> happening in the GK Justice world? Well, when we um, actually, uh, so the theater company was started by a man who was a playwright, is a playwright like playwright out of uh, Northern California. And he had a, a theater company up there and he had a son down here in the entertainment industry on the business side of it. And 
he wanted to bring you know his Catholic place to Los Angeles and had a vision for that. And so I got involved with them as first as a director of a play. And then they asked me to be the artistic director of the company. And I did that for a few years. And it was um, wonderful, you know, hard too, hard to get audiences in to watch, you know, these moral plays. But I really loved his plays. I thought they were they're well written and he would write mostly ensemble pieces and their mission was to tell stories about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So a lot of the plays were about people who were who were on their way to sainthood or had given, you know, martyrs who had given their life for Christ and for what they believed in. And so I just I thought it was important, you know, the work that we do them the, the most popular play that we produced was, um, I think that got the biggest response here in LA was called Viva Cristo Rey, which was about Blessed Miguel Pro, who was a priest in, during the Mexican Revolution time and who continued to bring sacraments underground to people. And of course, with the big Spanish and Mexican influence and population that we have here in LA, it was very popular, which was wonderful. And then toured a little bit around different churches and theaters here in LA. And then um, I took a, not a hiatus, but I got hired to go do a one-woman role about the life of St. Faustina through another company. And so when I, I went and did that for almost four years, and when I did that, the company went dormant pretty much because there was nobody who stepped up to run it. Mm-hmm. And then after I finished Faustina, I came back and said to the playwright who had founded the nonprofit, I said, you know, could I, could I start it up again, take it over? And he said, sure. And so that's what I did. And then during the pandemic changed it from a theater company to an entertainment company, because with the pandemic, we obviously couldn't do theater anymore. Nobody was going out to see theater. So we, but before that we did produce the last days, the passion death of Jesus, the Christ, which starred um, Jonathan Rumi, who's the actor who plays Jesus on the chosen and I played the Blessed Mother, and uh, we have that, you know, piece that we filmed, and people can stream that or buy it on a DVD. And um, it was a big, big ordeal, but it was uh, love doing it. And now that's, we that's, are working on. Um, sorry, I didn't doing, mean to. I didn't mean yeah, to interrupt no, okay. you. That Faust, I'm going to take a side trip here. That Faustina thing sounds extremely powerful. I've never heard of a situation where they do. Um, a one-person show, but then they have images projected on the screen of all these different scenarios, and you're interacting with the person. Yeah, Talk about timing and logistics. That must yeah. be super powerful. Yes, it was. It was. Um, you know, my my dad always says to me, and um, he says, you know, Maria, my dad's a deacon. Okay, and he says you've touched more people in in your life oh, than. My God than I ever will, you know, with what you did with Faustina. Um, and it just, you know, I did over 300 shows. Wow. And you average know, there were crowds least, probably like 300, right? Yeah, it was probably averaged about that, maybe a little <sighs> bit less. I mean, sometimes you had 500, sometimes you had right, 100. Right, so right, let's right. just say you average somewhere between 250 to 300. And the show, I mean, God's divine mercy is just so powerful, you know, and it really was a gift to get to play her. And then the show itself had an element of a modern woman where 
I played that woman too. And she told her story of, of going away from God and, and kind of living a life similar to my own. And she had an abortion. Um, I had an, I personally also had an abortion in my early twenties. So um, that was part of my story that God shared, but it just showed the redemption of God, you know, that God's mercy God's is mercy, yeah. over this ocean of mercy that, that is there for us. And so this show was so powerful. And, and, you know, the other day, my dad was just saying to me, you know, I'm so proud of you, all, all the lives you've touched. And really that was, that was just a gift, you know, that God gave me. And I, responded to the call to do it you got me crying over here maria well i'm crying because it just made me you know let's pause and weep together you think sometimes you know you don't you don't know what how your life's touching other people that's right you you got a beautiful soul you're doing beautiful amazing work that's why i felt so called to want to talk to you and experience um, the essence of who you really are, because it really does shine through in the work that you're doing. I mean, the last days oh, was you. so moving. I it was so impressed. Matter of fact, uh, one of the churches that we did the recordings for, for like Christopher Walken, liturgical music was down in East LA. And for a while, when I was watching the last days, I was like, is that the church we did the recordings in? And then I was thinking, oh no, it's must, it must be the one down the street. But I was like, the, the utilization of the whole facility and just incorporation of the uh, the audience. I mean, the projects that you're doing are so powerful and just touches the soul of every person that's present there, I'm sure. I mean, if you can convey that message on um, a DVD, imagine what they're doing in person. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that, and that's the hard part of not being able to do it in person right now or I mean, I don't, who knows, maybe at some point we will get back into person with different things, but I love live theater and I love the energy of live theater. I do think it's important and transformative, but because of our, I mean, it was a blessing that we were able to put the last days on DVD and, and Jonathan, of course, now has such a greater reach with his, you know, with being in the chosen that he's people find gk chesterton entertainment and mm-hmm. they reach out so we have you know we have donors um because we're a nonprofit. we have donors that are from all over the world so when i think about doing projects i have to think about them too because yep. they are our supporters so i can't just do a play in a theater in los mm-hmm. angeles that's not going to touch everyone you know what i mean yes there is a time and a space to do that but i just yep. feel like the Lord is now saying, okay, well, yeah, you you're expanding reach. your horizons, as they say. Yeah. You know, so, you're touching more. Tell me about the Momenta Sacra. <laughs> Sorry. Tell me about yeah, the no, Momenta Sacra, because I think that's part of the essence of what you're talking about, about expanding and moving. Yeah. Forward. So we, you know, I, right now we're creating these very short three to five minute meditations about the lives of the saints. And it's called Momenta Sacra, which means holy moments in Latin. And we've done, our goal is to do 10 of them. We've been raising money. The first we, you know, and as we raise the money, we produce them. So we did the very first one we gave as a gift, which was called Mary, mother of God, where I played the blessed mother and you Mm -hmm. see snippets into her life. 
And then the next one we did was St. Joan of Arc. And now we're in production for St. Francis of Assisi. And then we're right now we're raising money for St. Therese. So you know what I like about those? I'm sorry. I keep interrupting (laughs) you. I'm sorry. I had to put your mic on so we could see your face. But I'm I'm so excited to say when I see those, I'm like, oh, you know what? That motivates me to want to look up another movie or read another book or delve deeper. It's not, it's kind of like the same principle of what um, Dallas Jenkins is about the chosen. I mean, you use obviously the Bible as the script, but you want to read and delve in deeper. It's only to be yeah. a catalyst to want to get deeper. And that's what these momentous sacras are to me. Good. You know? Well, I'm, I'm glad that you that, are meeting your goal. Doing. You are meeting yeah. your goal. Uh, it does. And we've got other projects that we're interested in and want to do. It's just a matter of um, right now we're trying to figure out how do we, you know, raise the money to do those things or find the partners to do those things. Because the Momentous Sacra, you know, we can kind of do that on a donor base level because I, you know, frugal about it. And I've got good people that I work with that, you know, it's not costing us an arm and a leg. It's taking us about $10,000 to produce each one. But, you know, talk about bigger projects, you know, it means bigger dollars, more, more time means more money as far as on the screen. And um, so I'm just trying to figure out, I've got a woman who's helping me do some grant writing, but we're praying for one to come in, you know, and and need to find some other investors and partners who want to, who believe in what we're doing. So what are you, what is the, at. how are the actors and actresses, the, the pool there out in California are interested in participating in some of your projects? Is it a small circle? Cause I know you did something online during the pandemic where you guys all got together and read a script, which again, I thought was wonderful to watch. It was only yeah. show. I mean, are you finding that more and more celebrities or PR actors and actresses do want to venture in? Cause like I said to you before, but Bud Kaiser, if you look at that film thing that he did, or the live story about him, it shows all these actors who are huge now. And that's how yeah. a lot of them got their start. So I was wondering, are you able to have a good resource to tap into for that, for that environment? Well, you know, I haven't tried so, so far to reach to celebrities, but I think that in general, you know, I just put, when I put out a casting call for St. Francis, I got over 300 submissions. Uh-huh. So that's, you know, I mean, these aren't celebrities, but these are actors, you know, here in Hollywood who want to, who want to play. So, and a a lot of them would send me little notes that said, oh, I love St. Francis. I've heard of it, you know? So I think, I think in general, people are just open and, and because uh, to be honest, there's so much crap out there. I mean, I know for myself as an actress, there's so much just stuff you don't want to be a part of that when something comes through that that isn't, you know, uh, terrible. Exactly. Pendulum is going to swing back to us. It's going to swing back to us. I mean, we've got enough enough trash over the last couple of decades that it's going to be swinging back to something that has a better acting capability and good stories and good messages. So where do you guys see yourself in like five years? Well, mission vision cap. Yeah. I mean, making making episodics and feature films. I mean, that's what I'd, I'd like to be doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a project that that I believe in, a, a book that we optioned and a story 
that I wanted to tell stories that want to tell that's more of an episodic series, but I want to be wherever the Lord wants me to be. That's really the answer, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know what that is or what that looks like, but if he, if he wants me to continue to be a part of the entertainment industry and to use my gifts and talents in that way, then that's, that's what I'm going to do. You know I mean? That, that is taking on GK Chester and entertainment was scary to me because I didn't know how to run a business in that way. Yeah. Um, I'm a creative person, but I was like, okay, I have that ability. The Lord's given me the ability to, you know, at least learn how to do it. So um, I've taken all that on and and God has blessed me with some really amazing volunteers who stepped up into other areas that I don't know anything about. I'm not good at marketing and social media and all that stuff. So I've Mm -hmm. got, some really wonderful people who are helping out in that way. And, and so it's just, you know, wherever the Lord wants to take us, I'm open. Um, uh, anything I can do to help you, you just ring me up. I'll be happy to help you. <laughs> um, so tell me, you, what your mantra, tell me what your mantra is. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I can tell you what our mission statement is. For well, the I want to know what your personal mantra my pers- Oh, gosh. Well, every morning um, I just, try to first as soon as I open up my mind you know what I mean not even before my eyes open just as soon as I wake up Mm -hmm. and the brain is up I just come Holy Spirit and uh, Jesus I trust in you (laughs) I mean those are the things that I wake up with in the morning those are my prayers I I mean I'll say that's my mantra as far as my life you know my life mantra um you know, I was thinking about when I was a kid, like when I was 18 and you had to put in your yearbook, you know, some tagline. And I think it still applies to me in life and just every everybody. It, it was something I think I wrote something like, you know, if you get knocked down, you just got to get back up mm-hmm. again. And mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing, because life, you know, will knock you down. Other people will knock and you down you situations when I. And you just got to get back up and keep going, you know, yeah. and, and Jesus, I always joke because I mean, I must have said, Jesus, I trust in you thousands of times over those 300 performance. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you'd think you'd like, you'd get that and it would be so easy, but it's not for me, you know, it's a daily, like I said, surrendering to our Lord and trusting in God is a daily thing for me. And I'm praying it gets easier. <laughs> Well, you older, got a be- I don't know. <laughs> you've got a beautiful soul. I can hear it through the through the microphone. I, this has been such a pleasure talking to you. I've so enjoyed it. I've talked to a number of people now, and a couple of people have all said that that's their mantra too. So I think that God is calling a lot of people home to do the will of what he what he needs to get his message out of his love and mercy. So thank you so much, Maria, for doing this. Damn Zoom is cutting us off right now. Ross, I'll talk to you for hours. But thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Regina. God bless you you and all your listeners. Bye-bye. I want to take this time to thank Maria for sitting down and chatting with me. What a special woman she is. The story that she was telling about her upbringing and her hardships and then coming to Christ and then focusing on G.K. Justin and the and the projects they have going. It's just inspirational how Jesus works in people's lives when we open ourselves and allow him in. His mercy is completely divine, and thanks be to God, we have that opportunity. So as a special treat, 
We're going to end this time with not the outro song as I usually do, but I really, really loved her mantra. And she has a beautiful rendition that I trust in these. So I want to end with her song. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope it brings you peace. Until next time, my Will Within family, be blessed. There are times when my life seems so unworthy. There are times when I cannot say your name. And your love seems so far away and wasted on this sinful child who chose to turn away and then you say that's why I came that's why I sent my son to give you peace he This world is so unholy There are times when I cannot see your face All the tears and the violence overwhelms me And I wonder why you'd let us live this way And then you say that's why I came, that's why I sent my son to give you peace, eternal life. I paid the price, a willing sacrifice to show
still